listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Jonas, what was your main takeaway? Anything else we haven't covered on the game? I just there's some skepticism on how good the Steelers are and I can understand that they don't win in the prettiest ways they're not blowing teams out they're not you know the 2007 Patriots who are who are you know destroying teams offensively and defensively but I still think we got to give them credit and in an off season in which we really didn't have one a quarterback returning at his age um, with a sur- coming off a of surgery that we've never seen anybody come back from in the NFL and you see them already lose Bush earlier this season with all of this and everything going on this 11 and 0, especially this season, I think is really, really impressive. And I just feel like there's a lot of people that are downplaying it and just taking it for this is a normal year, which it is not even close to being one. You make a good point about this is a year of high variance and to be undefeated in a year of high variance. Huh? I think what is happening, and it's something that happens to Fed sometimes, you get a narrative in your head. And the narrative fairly, fairly was Pittsburgh was beaten up on some weak teams and weren't as good as their undefeated record. I think that that case could have been made. But after the 10, you know, then they go and beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Now that's a team, Fez, I have some tape here. Let me play it real quick. I hear, yeah, this is fun. Ah, the Ravens are the, ah, them and the Chiefs are so far above anyone else. It's like nose bleeding. You remember that? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> and that was the team that, st- and if I recall, who did you like in that Steelers Ravens game when the Ravens were favored by, what was it, four? Yeah, I liked uh, Baltimore. Ravens all the way are going to roll. But then. They didn't, did they? No, they didn't. But then it was like, well, but there were turnovers. Good stats, RJ. Good stats. And you know what? I hear you. Now, the Ravens have dropped off. There's something amiss. Forget RG3, forget you know that injury or the COVID, but there's something amiss with the Ravens. You know, their chance to make the playoffs right now are, wow, there's still 67% chance to make the playoffs. But still, a full third chance the Ravens don't even make the playoffs. But I think Pittsburgh, when you look at the Tennessee game after that, in which they controlled that game. I mean, you can look. There was a given point that it could have been tied. They controlled that Minus game. Minus three in turnovers, still one. That, which is like 10% of the time that happens. So Tennessee's maybe what? The 10th best team, 8th best team in the uh, NFL? Yeah. Uh, in that range? Yep. And Steelers are minus three in turnovers and, st- and, and still win the game. And that game was in – where was that game at? Yeah. In Tennessee, yeah. Impressive. So that's an impressive win. I mean, this Tennessee team just beat the Ravens. They just beat the Colts. So yeah. I, I, to me, Jonas, I think you're right that there's skepticism about the Steelers. And in a way, it's like, well, they're not an all-time great team. Maybe not. Maybe if they were 10-1 and one or whatever, you'd think they were better. I don't know. But what I know is this team, the only team that you could say are in – the conversation is Kansas City. And as good as the Saints are, I just don't think the Saints are in the conversation. Though I think the Saints are solidified at three. But the the Vegas opinion, the sharp opinion, Kansas City number one, Pittsburgh number two, Saints number three with Breeze for sure, three. I tend to agree with it, but I think the distance from the Chiefs and the Steelers is very small a lot of sharp people think it's it's wide that the that the Chiefs are so much better. 
What are the Super Bowl odds right now? Kansas City plus 275, and then Pittsburgh and the Saints tied at plus 550. Co-number two picks. Now, see, to me, if I had to pick either, if someone said, right, here's a thousand bucks, RJ, thanks for all the good times and all the information and the winners and the, making me laugh, making me cry. And I'd say, thank you, yes. And free roll, thousand bucks, bet any team you want between the Saints and the Steelers. I take the Steelers at those odds, five and a half to one, so quick, my head spins because of the Breeze uncertainty. If Breeze was 100% healthy, now, I would say Pittsburgh by a smidge. But with the breeze uncertainty, how can you say the Saints and the Steelers have the same odds? I agree. 11 broken ribs. I think that's just a leap of faith that he's going to come back and be close to where he was, right? And if not, I mean, let's not be fooled by Taysom Hill because he's played serviceably, but that's it. That's it. Fez, how much distance do you see right now? I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas speaking with Steve Fezzik in Vegas with me. How much distance do you see between Kansas City and Pittsburgh? Neutral field, let's say. Two and a half points. That's reasonable. So in Pitt, so this line is uh, Casey, the smallest favorite if it's in Pittsburgh. Yes. Well, who would you take in that game, Jonas? I would take after the Dupree injury. I would take Kansas City. Oh my gosh! How much? How much? How many points are you giving to Dupree? I mean, I just think that's a big loss for Pittsburgh. I really Maybe. do. I think that's a big loss. I think it hurts their defense. Everybody. Get, I mean, that's the thing. You're right. When you're a hardcore fan, you you want everyone. You, you start to care about the players. You want everyone to be good. But people get hurt. right? I mean, in a way, I think Pittsburgh's had – I mean, Bush, they lost. So, two linebackers. And that's a great point. So, now, normally, maybe Dupree, we wouldn't downgrade significantly. But because Bush is out as well, yeah. I downgrade him half a point. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, a lot of questions about Tomlin as we wrap up the game. I like what he's doing. I'm a hard – you know, what's he doing? He's after the game saying, we suck. You know, really over the top in a way. I don't agree with the assessment – but I like where he's coming from because my complaint about Tomlin from day one is he, it was kind of fake it till you make it. It was like, no matter what he was going to say, it's standards to standard. And it was like, it felt like a lot of fortune cookie stuff to me. Listen, the public ate it up. The media eats it up. They love Tomlin. When he decides to retire, they're going to be fighting for him to be an announcer. No doubt about, or a studio guy. He has it all set. And he's a very brilliant guy. I mean, listen, all great things. But at the highest level of coaching, I felt like it was a little facile. It was a little shallow. And I think last season, as a close watcher of the team, when they lost Big Ben, it was the first time Tomlin didn't have a top seven quarterback. Remember, he came in with Big Ben, and he had Big Ben all those years. They made two Super Bowls. Not any in the last decade. Not a single Super Bowl appearance. The Steelers have underperformed in the last decade. With Big Ben, no doubt. No doubt. But without Big Ben, Tomlin became the underdog. And to will that team to 8-8 eight and eight was a great coaching job last year. Yeah, I think they would have put the over-under at five wins after they started 0-3. And they ah, lost That's Big fair. Ben. That's fair. And I think that Tomlin learned something. Because the way things used to be, the Steelers were lax. And think about it. There was After the, the Cowboy game, there was a sense of, oh, here's the old Steelers almost losing the game. They should win easily. And what happened since? Blowout Cincinnati. 
blow out Jacksonville. Now, you're saying they're supposed to. Yeah, and they did. Cincinnati was only a six-and-a-half-point dog at close in that game, right? Yes, all the money on the Bengals. So, and that was in Pittsburgh. So, Tomlin is different this year, and I like the fact he's raising the stakes. And as much as you might say, why does home field matter? Because, well, no fans? Because there's only one bye. And it's the, the number one seed is going to have to play two games to get to the Super Bowl. Everyone else is going to have to play three. And remember, the Steelers and their bye situation after that Tennessee game is they could use that bye. And the fact the game didn't go to Week 18, that would be interesting. If they do have to have a Week 18 that doesn't involve Pittsburgh, in theory, as the number one seed, they'd get two weeks off. I think Pittsburgh really needs the time off at least one. Closing thoughts. Yeah, that's a great point. Look at the schedule. Seven of the last 11 games for Pittsburgh are on the road. Three of their last four games are on the road. So here's a team. Oh, a tired team at the end, too. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. Closing thoughts, Jonas. Yeah, and I also think they didn't get many favors in the fact that they've got to come back around. I think they're playing Monday against Washington. I think that's their next turnaround. So it's not only did they lose their bye, they had the game postponed two or three times. Then they've got to come back and they've got to play again on Monday, which to me just showcases, as I said, that it's that much more impressive what they're doing going undefeated thus far. And if you actually look at the line in that Monday game, it shows you how much the marketplace is assessing it to be a real negative for Pittsburgh. Because yesterday it was under double digits. Right now I'm seeing it. Washington is a, wow, it's an eight and a half point underdog only to Pittsburgh. So think about this. Steelers at home. The Bengals, we were just saying, oh, they were about a seven point under. Washington, who is not a very good team, is only eight and a half. So the Vegas is telling us that Pittsburgh is suffering because of all of this scheduling. Because in a normal spot, Fez, Pittsburgh equally rested to Washington. What's the line in that game in oh, Pittsburgh? 11. Couple of points now, two, two and a half points of adjustment because of the bad spot the league is putting Pittsburgh in. But you know what? Steelers aren't complaining. You know who is? Harbaugh. He smells. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, this weekend, this Sunday in L.A., it is the Patriots on the road to take on the L.A. Chargers. Right now on pregame.com, the Chargers are a pick against those Patriots. All right, so this is what we call crossfire. When you hear this music, you know there's a battle brewing. Now, Fez, we did a crossfire on the podcast yesterday. Didn't go well for you. No. But now you know what I'm going to say. But I'm still letting you take the lead. The game, the Chargers, the Patriots. Patriots now are one-point favor. Who do you got? I'm on the Chargers, and better said, I'm against the Patriots. I'm convinced the Patriots are overrated. You look at the last month. Now, the narrative is the Patriots were on a four-game losing streak, and they've righted the ship, and they're playing better. I don't see it, RJ. They almost lost to the Jets. Some could argue they should have lost that game to the Jets. And then when they played Baltimore, they got to play in that monsoon with all that rain. I'm confused. Did Baltimore have to play in the monsoon and the Patriots didn't? Was it like half the stadium? Like there was always like an umbrella over? I'm confused. No, but the Patriots were clearly more ready, had practiced with wet balls. They even said that after the— So you're saying the Patriots have a good coach. 
that I is very think, good in these I don't think situations. that's going to change, but go ahead. And then most recently, that game against Arizona, it was just a confluence of bad events that happened to poor Arizona. Well, that's what good teams do. They make the other team play badly. They make them miss their field goal. They make their quarterback, you know, go down instead of picking up the first down, making business decisions. It was a game Arizona dominated the stats and really should Dominated the stats, huh? What were the stats? They were plus 120 yards. Held is, the that do, is that dominated? The Patriots only had 179 in yardage. So. But wait, is it how many yards you have or is it the differential or what? I'm confused. Because you can't say, oh, they dominated the stats. Well, it was uh, about 100 yards more. Well, but but they didn't have a lot of yards. Uh, well, you know, come on. They lost the game. They lost. This confluence of events, what was it exactly? Is that, that, that the quarterback didn't, like, barrel through a linebacker? Is, is that it? And they missed a field goal. That's the confluence of events. And at the end of the first half, it ended on the one-yard line, and Arizona well, got that, no But points. isn't that the brilliant thing that all the new-age coaches do is go for it, go for it, go for didn't it? work. You know, sometimes you don't make it. Sometimes you don't make it. And everything went perfectly for the Patriots, I'm assuming. Right? No holding penalty. Nothing went wrong for them. Pretty much everything oh. did go perfectly. Okay, continue. Including getting Are you going to talk about the team you're betting at any point? Well, it's I have the Chargers. I, I'm not hearing anything. The, the problem is I can't make as good a case for the Chargers, <laughs> who I have rated as a slightly below average team. But still, I have them rated as the better team, RJ. At home, I have to take them at Pickham. You done? Yes. That was it? That's it. <laughs> you ever watch Carlito's Way, Jonas? Remember Al Pacino? I, I've seen bits and pieces. I don't know word for word, though. At the end, they have the uh, prosecutor has Al Pacino in, and he's offering him a deal to turn state's evidence. And he listens, and he listens, and finally goes, that's it? <laughs> like, that's he goes, nope, and he walks out. But he waited patiently, and he said, that's it? That's it, Fez? Here's the reality. Anthony Lynn is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. True or false? True. Might be a nice guy. I hear he's great at parties. He's not a great NFL coach. Belichick is the greatest to ever walk the earth. True or not? True. When does a bad coach get exploited the most? Against the best coach. How did, let's say, I think Flores from Miami's regarded well, wouldn't you say? Yes. Chargers just played Miami, didn't they, they recently? They did. How'd that game go? Miami won by eight, deserved to win, nothing fluky at all. And what happens is special teams, just in general, a deficient, detail-oriented coach against a genius suffers. Well, Anthony Lynn is now going to the mountaintop against the greatest coach. And by the way... Flores, him and Belichick actually have a little history, don't they? Yeah, Flores obviously in the Belichick tree used to be with New England. So, and he runs a defense similar to what Belichick. And how did Miami do generally in the game against Herbert? Yeah, held him in check, only got 21 points. So what we have is almost a lesser version of the Patriots, at least coaching-wise, going in and dominating the Chargers. Now Belichick gets to watch that tape. And say, oh, I noticed what Herbert did there. I noticed what he did there. Now I'm going to bait him in the first quarter with this for that. That scares you deep down, doesn't it? I got Austin Eckler back. I got my running back back. He ran the ball a lot that recent game, didn't he? <laughs> now, last point. Bill Belichick against first or second year players, quarterback specifically, is outstanding. McKenzie, pregame.com research. McKenzie, you got those numbers in front of you? 
yep. is first and second year quarterbacks ATS record Belichick. 65% throughout his career. Six Jonas, two out of three times <laughs> he plays a first. Or, and this is back to the Browns now. And amazingly, in that middle tier where you're three years to about nine years, I think, where you're healthy and you got a good brain, you know, you know the game, Belichick is only 53%. And then old quarterbacks, Belichick dominates. So he dominates them when they're young. He dominates them when they're old. He holds his water when they're in between. Well, Herbert's a great talent, but he's young. He's in trouble, Fez. You got a horrible coach and an inexperienced quarterback against a genius on a mission to have a winning season. And I'm laying how many points? Oh, none. You want to give up? No. (laughs) Jonas, who do you like? Uh, I'm not going against Belichick, just like I wasn't going to go That's against Belichick smart. last week. Let me tell you something, guys. Life is not easy. For the kids out there, if you haven't figured this out yet, it's not easy. You're lucky if you're still breathing. We're all lucky. You never know when the, the day's the last day. Don't overcomplicate your life. Don't bet against Belichick. Don't do horrible drugs and don't bet against Belichick. Take that with you. Fez, somehow you didn't learn that lesson, did you? I, I said to myself, my power ratings, I work so much on them. I'm not going against them. Better team, home team, I'm sticking with it. And for new listeners, and we get them all the time, when we do a crossfire, this isn't for fun. We're not betting Mountain Dew or whatever. Which I, hey, listen, I like people betting Mountain Dew more than betting nothing. So congratulations, I like it. We bet cash. Now, we've got, what, 300 on this from the pod? Mm-hmm. We, the Fox guy, FSR guys like us to keep it low. So we'll just add an extra 100 to it. That sounds good. Don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> well, I don't, you don't want to get your bankroll in trouble is what you're saying. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Speaking of stats, LeBron, let's talk NBA. Yeah, and it was LeBron signing a two-year deal with the Los Angeles Lakers that'll take him out for the next couple of seasons. Also, Anthony Davis, the max deal gets done, so the Lakers keep LeBron and AD as they try and uh, rebound and come back and, uh, and try and uh, repeat that NBA championship they won in the bubble just a couple of months ago. Here's what strikes me, Fez. If you listen to the talk shows, the not the gambling shows, the talk shows are saying, oh my, this is like back with the Heat. Maybe it should be the Heat versus the field kind of thing. Lakers, 50%. Rest of the field, 50%. But the odds say differently. They do. The Lakers are plus 275, so you can risk 100 to win $275. That implies only about a one-fourth chance the Lakers are going to win the title. And what were the Lakers' odds like earlier this year? Plus, plus the same, right? Yeah, right around three to one before they won the championship. So what we're saying is, right now, even solidifying, even signing six men a year, backup six men a year, whatever. Number two is the Lakers aren't any better in the eyes of the betting market relative to the rest of the league as they were, you know, six months ago. Exactly, shocking. Speaking finally, Rockets they were like. 50 to 1. Now they're in the 40 to 1 range. So a little improvement for the Rockets with the wall trade, but not very much at all. Still big long shots. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.